0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: recorded live.
1: Hi everybody, it's May the fourteenth, and it's time for my private audio call tonight. We were supposed to have a gentleman by the name of uh, Merrill France as our special guest speaker, but uh, he couldn't make it. Won't be available till after the seventeenth. So. We'll have to reschedule him. I didn't have anyone else to fill in for him. I asked Gus and Mike over on their Skype chats if they could come on, but they haven't gotten back to me, so hopefully they'll come on and keep us busy. Let me see here. Um let's see here? No. Maybe uh maybe Carl will come on, I don't know. Um For those of you that know Tom McBadden, today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Tom. (laughs) Um, And I was mentioning that, um, I was asking if anyone had listened to Alfred Adask, what is his call? Uh, I forget who his guest was, but uh, somebody sent me an email and said I should listen to it. Something about Nibiru, I don't know. The end is coming soon. I mean we've already gone through this so many times already. But um and then Regina here is asking, has anyone heard from Dean Clifford? I haven't. Let's see, somebody had their hand up here. Hey, Central Minnesota, did you want to say something?
3: No, not really.
1: Oh, okay. How how
3: do I get unmuted anyhow?
1: I'm gonna unmute you right now, but for you to reference if you want to mute yourself or unmute yourself it's star six
3: yeah, I push that and it doesn't uh doesn't do anything
1: star six well it should but I you push something because it made your hand go up you push star eight
3: I think. I'll try star six okay <laughs> thank you you're Bye. welcome
1: huh. either that or I can do it Okay, oh, it worked unmuted so, anyway, I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, my, uh, you know, I get left in the lurch like this when people hang up and don't, or hang me up, I should say, and don't come on. But uh, I'm hoping that, uh, let's see here, let me find,
4: the Jay Youngst
1: says he knows let me say, come on my call come on the call tell us about your court experience (laughs) come on the call tell us tell us about there you go um otherwise I don't know What should we talk about? I don't know what's happening with Dean Clifford. I haven't heard from him in a while. Since the last time he was on, actually. We're supposed to, next Thursday, we're supposed to have Rod Class on. That should be good. And then the Thursday after that, we're supposed to have on Lee Butler from... The other side of the pond, and then I guess we'll reschedule Merrill France after that. Oh wait, no, you know what? I'm supposed to have uh, Adele Weiss is supposed to be on June 4th,
4: so he's got updates also. rained
1: here in California today. It's supposed to rain tonight also, which is a good thing. We all need it. Let's see if I can uh... oh here, let me let me send the link to Jay Youngst here who wants to come on our call, so that'd be good. He went to court today, I think. So let's see here. Copy
4: link location. In there. You know. Next. Hmm. I'm scrambling, you know, I I hate it when people
1: cancel out on me or can't make it, but I know it's, you know,
4: it happens, so.
1: Whoever wants to say something or contribute or share an experience, press star eight and I'll unmute you. Have
5: a chit chat. Okay, Delaware, you've been unmuted. This is Dave on Delaware. Hi, Dave. Hi, if you'd like, I can discuss Howard Griswold's research into the definitions of contract and the definition of due process and the definition of appearance and the definition of acceptance.
1: No, go right ahead. There's nothing else happening, so (laughs) I appreciate it. Well, those definitions. I haven't are heard from you in a long time. Where you been? Well,
5: busy. Well,
1: I guess usually you come up yeah, once. Yeah, Howard time.
5: Griswold's research is pretty uh, uh, reliable. It's based on law, and of course, very few courts operate on law. They operate all. They all operate on code under their administration, administratively, administrating the code based on presumption of a contract, because that's what code is, as opposed to law. Code is not law. Code is an index of the law. Code is a directory of contents of the law. It is not the actual law itself. When Congress or a state legislature passes a bill, they do not create a code. They create a law for that state or for the nation. And then later on, the Communist B.A.R. British Accreditation Registry B.A.R. Lawyer Cabell codifies that law into a index or menu of the law because it's more convenient for them to be able to refer to, uh, and, and because the laws are passed by calendar and not by subject matter. So it's easier for the lawyers to have everything categorized by subject matter in their code, which is why Congress adopted the Uniform Commercial Code under the title or moniker or name of the Negotiable Instruments Law. And then they codified the Negotiable Instruments Law into at the federal level, the Uniform Commercial Code, because it was supposed to be uniform among all of the several states, and then the states adopted what Congress had codified into the state's commercial code, so that they would be fairly well uniform throughout all 50 of the several states, but... Those political entities no longer exist now. They're, they're now corporations called the state of. When you look on a map, you don't see a single state of anywhere. There is no location on a map called state of California or state of Kentucky or state of Pennsylvania. There's no such thing. It does not exist. It's a figment of the Communist B.A.R. Lawyer Club imagination. That and the two capital letter abbreviations for the states, but they've tricked the American people into wrongly believing that the state itself and the state of are the same thing. And in fact, they're not. The state is the state. And the state of is a fiction corporation created by the lawyers for the lawyers to fool the people. And unfortunately, the people are very gullible and have been successfully fooled into thinking wrongly that they are in a fictitious, non existent, imaginary place called two capital letter abbreviation or five or more numbers, fictitious zone, or the state of whatever, which is another fictitious creation. But people are not in fictions, whether it's in the 10 miles square, which is 100 square miles, the 10 miles square called the District of Columbia and one of the District of Columbia's possessions or territories called State of whatever, State of Illinois, State of Michigan, capital M, capital I, capital I, capital L, capital K, capital Y, all these two capital letter abbreviations and five or more numbered zones are zones of the D- District of Columbia. They also happen to be postal zones, so they're the same numbers, but they've got double purposes. Anyway, the definitions of contract and Due process and appearance, which according to Corpus Juris Second Edition, which in Latin is called secundum, secundum, however you want to pronounce it, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. It's still Corpus Juris, abbreviated CJS, Corpus Juris Second Edition. The definition of appearance is if you do anything, any little thing at all that's beneficial to one party or detrimental to another party, according to the definition of appearance, you are making appearance in the case, as a party to the case, because you're doing something, whatever, something that's beneficial or detrimental. So if you do not use the suggested neutral wording or neutral response wording that Howard has, Available at the website escapeharassment.com or escape dash or hyphen tickets, T-I-C-K-E-T-S hyphen or dash capital I, capital R, capital S, hyphen or dash court, C-O-U-R-T dot O-R-G. Both titles or names take People to the same website, and those definitions are posted there, repeated out of CJS, Corpus Juris Secundum, and the definition of a contract is very simple. The offer, acceptance of that offer, at which point in time a contract arises by the acceptance, and the offeror can no longer withdraw the offer. It has been accepted. It is now a contract. It has been accepted. And all parties are bound thereby. And the bargain or agreement or contract is sealed by the passage of and conveyance of consideration of value. Not a mere promise, but actual consideration of value, which is why in the Constitution it says the courts can only hear cases above A $20 value. Of course, they're referring to the original dollar value of a United States dollar. Well, there have not been one of them since 1933 when the private corporation, the private for profit corporation, called the Federal Reserve, and the private for profit corporation, International Monetary Fund, And the international for-profit corporation, World Bank, got the laws passed. They bribed and paid the politicians to see that it got passed. (laughs) Of course, when you can print all the money you need out of thin air, they have unlimited funds with which to bribe the jerkwater politicians. Anyway, they got the Federal Reserve Act passed, actually in 1913. The point is... That law has been decided, it's called stare decisis, previously decided, is unconstitutional for Congress to have passed that, except they didn't have the Federal Reserve Corporation or the Federal Reserve Act as the subject of the law case. The law cases that the decision was made are called U.S. Representative Mike. SYNAR, S-Y-N-A-R, Mike SYNAR versus SYNAR, and the second case, or follow-up case, is called SYNAR versus Bowsher, B-O-W-S-H-E-R, who at that point in history was the chief or the head of the GAO, Government Accounting Office. They've changed the name, but it's still the GAO, Government Accountability, (laughs) Ability. And maybe they're able to do it, and maybe they're able to not. But it's the ability (laughs) now. Office is no longer the government accounting office. Anyway, in those days it was, in the law case, the United States Supreme Court came down with the decision. So the issue was about Congress wanted to have a 10% cut of the budget across the board, but the lily-livered, spineless Congress people, Senators and representatives did not want to have to face their constituents when a military base would be closed or some other drastic cut to accomplish the 10% cutback, even though they blamed it on the GAO. They could say, well, we have no control over the GAO. That's an executive branch agency, and we're only the poor legislative branch. We cannot instruct or order an executive branch agency to do anything. They it's up to the Mr. Bowsher, who's the head of the GAO. Well, Mike Steiner did not think that was constitutional, because according to the authorizing and enabling legislation, which allows them to have a government exist in the first place, when we the people allowed them to create a constitutional republic, not a democracy, not a communist dictatorship called a democracy, but a republic, the constitutional republic. Constitution, says Congress shall coin the money and regulate the value thereof. It does not say Congress shall rent at interest from a bunch of private extortionists called the international bankers, Prescott Bush and all his ilk around the world. But anyway, it does not say Congress shall rent at interest the nation's money supply. So anyway, the United States Supreme Court said in those cases, SINAR versus SINAR and SINAR versus Boucher of the GAO, that the bill which Congress had at that point in history attempted to convey to from Congress to the GAO to cut the budget by 10% across the board, that Congress, being a legislative branch body, does not – have authority to delegate to an executive branch body, such as the Government Accounting Office, a constitutionally mandated responsibility or obligation. So if they cannot do it with the GAO under the Graham Rudman Hollings Act, which is what the name of what they were trying to pull over on the people at that point in history. And the United States Supreme Court said no. The petitioner, Mike Seiner, is accurate. He's correct that Congress does not have the authority to – Congress, being a legislative branch body, does not have the authority to delegate to an executive branch body the constitutionally mandated responsibility or obligation. So if they cannot do it with the GAO, they can also not do it and do not have the authority to do it with the Federal Reserve Corporation. But for some strange reason, which no one yet has been able to explain to me, why every time a constitutional republic state or even one of these communist lawyer-controlled corporation states tries to have the case heard, changing the name from the GAO, to the Federal Reserve Act, for some reason, the state's attorney general that's supposed to be pursuing the case or prosecuting the case on behalf of the state, they suddenly wake up dead in the morning, or they do not get reelected, or for some reason, it does not get pursued. Of course, when they can print all the money, or what passes for money, worthless, irredeemable, non-interest-bearing private IOU notes from, uh, let's see, who's the latest? Oh, Janet Yellen. (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter who the flunky that is stuck in the position of being the head at any point in time. It's still a executive body creation, and Congress does not have the authority to delegate to a Executive branch body a constitutionally mandated responsibility to coin the money and regulate the value thereof. So how anyone else can complain to Congress about that, since the 50 corporations or supposedly original sev- several states don't seem do not seem to be able. But you're going to see civil war in this country because of that. That's the reason they're having Jade Helm and all these wars and soon-to-be wars in this country. Because the international banksters fund both sides. They don't care which side wins. As long as both sides buy lots of ammunition and jeeps and tanks and guns and airplanes and bombs and They make money. Wars are very profitable for certain investors. (laughs) You and I may not be among them, but you and I are what they call acceptable losses. We are the sheeple. We are the cannon fodder. Expendable. What the powers that be consider you and I are useless eaters. How do you like that? or your congressman's opinion of you, or your senator's opinion of you. You're just nothing but a useless eater. Well, they call us human capital. How do you like being a human capital for them to dispose of as they wish? Why do you think they're trying to regulate the water? The human body's 98% water. You don't believe me? Go ask some mortician or someone who operates a uh, crematorium, how much is left after they boil all the water away or roast human body liquid away. That's what's left is the ashes. We look like, uh, I guess the closest thing we look like is kitty litter. (laughs) That's all we are. That's all that's left of our bodies. I think they weighed someone's body Shortly after they died, they weighed them, and uh, then they cremated them, and then they weighed the uh, remainder, and they found out that's how much the soul weighed when it uh, rose to uh, Allah or God or heaven, wherever, wherever your spirit, your soul goes. They weighed it to see how much... The soul weighed. But I guess since the scales cannot measure goodness or badness, it can only measure gravity's effect on the water that was no longer within. In Star Trek, they said the people were ugly bags of mostly water. That's what uh, the writers of Star Trek (laughs) said. or No, it was... uh, the Klingons, or somebody said the people, human people, were ugly bags of mostly water. I've always thought that was uh, sad but true. <laughs> anyway, anyone who would like to look at the printed definitions of contract or due process or appearance right out of Corpus Juris Secundum. Of course, you can always go look in Corpus Juris Second Edition for yourself, or you can look at the website, www.peoples-rights.com, or the website, www.escape-irs-court.org. Both titles, either title takes you to the same website, and strategy number one is how if you obey Howard's instructions that are provided with strategy number one, along with his wording, neutral response wording, you will never will need to uh, have strategy number two because if there is no contract, they cannot have jurisdiction to drag you into their private club meetings, which pass for court even though they're not actual courts, they're private club meetings, of the Communist BAR Lawyer Club, a KABL organization, group. They're all members.
1: Secret society.
5: Of, they're <laughs> all sub-secret societies, subordinate to the International Lawyer Bar organization out of the City of London, which is a completely separate Enclave. It's a separate nation within London, England, the same way the Vatican is a separate legal entity within the city of Rome, Italy. But it's a separate legal entity, just like the District of Columbia. The 10 miles square is a separate legal entity from each of the several states, the 50 several states. The District of Columbia is a foreign corporation. So if you and I don't live in a corporation, I personally don't live in any of those corporations, whether it's a state of or whatever title. God did not place me in a fiction of any title, whether it's 12345 or 19958 or capital D, capital E, or the state of Delaware Corporation, I'm an actual man, live, sentient man on the actual land, not the benefits of owning land, which are called privileges or rights, and that's what an estate is, is a bundle of rights, so by owning land, you are supposedly in charge of your ownership rights of building on your land or burning your private property land or drinking the water from your private property land. It's God's water. It does not belong to the 300 elders of Zion. But they want to tell you they own all of the water. And they're creating drought in California, for instance, so that they can rent or sell water and water rights to the farmers and to the people in California, soon to be in your neighborhood. Water is the new oil. And the Arab countries that have been living quite prosperously, selling oil to uh, the petro-consuming nations, they're very concerned about this shift, not only in the dollar as a world currency, but oil, which backs the United States dollar, is no longer being considered the basic world trading currency. They're shifting to, well, they haven't come out with the official title yet, and George Bush is very a senior is very concerned because they don't control the new money it's not a interest bearing note or paper that will be the water based or food based new world currency it most likely will be the Chinese however that's pronounced, Yuan. But I'm not a predictor, so I can't tell you what they're going to call it. Or, But we're living in, uh, what's the ancient Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times? <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's going to be very interesting. It may not be a positive interesting, and we may not live through it, a lot of us. Because look what happened in 1929 when only the stock market crashed. It was not, at that point in history, it was only the stock market. It was not the entire money supply of the United United States Corporation. But this time it's not going to be just the stock market. It's going to be the entire world money and balance trading um, commerce worldwide. The point is it's not going to be based on oil. It's going to be based on food or water or both. And the best thing for the people, not just American people, but the whole world, natural human people, the best thing would be to have a non-interest-bearing money, whether it's called the yuan or the dollar or the whatever. We won't know what it's called, but eventually we'll find out because you'll go to the store and they will not take your United States federal or dollars, your Federal Reserve Corporation IOU notes. You'll throw your Krugerrands in the street because they will not buy you anything at the local Piggly Wiggly Market or whatever, name your local supermarket. I don't know what they will take instead. Nobody has any gold or silver coins to exchange. I tried to get the Food Lion across the street from where I live to take a federal post office, United States Postal Service money order that was blank, deliberately, not filled in. And I told them, well, here, I'll print the name Food Lion, and then you can deposit it just like these people's private checks that you take and of course I was arguing with a mere clerk at the customer service window and she did not, want. you know, I was holding up the line <laughs> so uh, we didn't get into a political discussion.
1: She didn't either. want to take a postal money order?
5: Well, she claimed that the company the B.A.R. the communist lawyer controlled corporation Foodland cannot uh Handle does not know how to process a postal, a blank postal money or United States Um, Postal Service. But that's her personal uh, unawareness or uneducation or personal ignorance. And I didn't want to hold up the line any more than I I already had because I shopped there. I didn't want to have those whole staff lynch me when I come back for a loaf of bread in a day or two. So I just let it go. But uh, when Things get tough enough, they will probably uh, change their minds, their corporate minds. the The brains, the, the main office for Foodland Corporation, happens to be in North Carolina. So, and I'm not in North Carolina. I'm not in any of those fictions. I'm on. I'm above, on top of actual land, but it's called Delaware. It's not called a state of, and it's not called Capital D, Capital E. And it's not called one, two three, four five, or nine nine uh, one nine nine five eight. <laughs> I forgot the zip code for the post office building downtown Lewis one nine nine five eight That's the only building that must by law use the zip code, not the box that's out on the post out by the side of the road. There's no law that requires people, actual live, natural people like me or my neighbors, there's no law that requires you and I to use their zip code number or postal zip designation number because we are not the post office building. Only the post office building must, by law, use the zip code. And they closed a post office box that I used to rent because I refused to accept mail at the number. And they said, well, if you're not going to... Accept mail at the zip code number in this post office, we're going to close your post office box. (laughs) Go go put that in your hat and stuff it. Dave, how do you like them apples? We're the post office and it's our box. We're closing you out. (laughs) And they did. So we sued them and set up a uh, a hearing in their administrative uh, office over in D.C., which is from here is about two hours drive. But um, as a typical switcheroo, they changed the date. But, of course, we had to leave early in the morning in order to get over there in time for the hearing. So we did not get the notice that they were changing the date of the hearing or the time or whatever. We didn't get the notice. We got over to D.C. and arrived at the front door, and they said, oh, there's no hearing today. Didn't you get our notice that we sent? And we said, no, we had to leave at, uh, you know. Six thirty or seven in the morning, we get over here by nine, eight thirty or nine. What with traffic and anyway, the point is, we uh, no longer have a post office box in the post office or out of the post office down at Staples or Office Depot or any of these other uh, office supply places that uh, or printing places that rent private P.M.B. private meal boxes, which do not force you to have a zip code because they're not the United States Postal Service Corporation, so they don't have any way of forcing people. The only people who must, by law, use the zip code are people who are wanting to enjoy a discount on their postage. Well, they don't give me any discount on my postage, so the heck with them. I'm not going to use their number when they want to give me a discount. Then, if I want the discount, I'll have to use their zip code in order to enjoy... The discount or the cheaper rate. But since I don't, why falsely advertise using their zip code when I'm not enjoying the benefit that it requires or that it requires it? It's a false flag. Why would I fly a false flag? I'm not enjoying the discount or the postage reduction. So why signify as if I were by using their numbered zones? I'm not in their fiction zones.
1: So how do Um, you get mail?
5: It comes to my box out by the street, whether it's got a zip code number on it or not. Whether they're, okay, elect- wonderful. Whether they're electronic equipment up in Wilmington, Delaware, which is the uh, state uh, distribution, postal service distribution building, that has the, you know, all the trucks leave from there and mail gets sorted and delivered from there. And we're down to the bottom of the state. We only have three counties, the whole state. <laughs> Tom Carper was on TV the other day because of the train wreck up in Philadelphia. Of course, he gets off in Wilmington.
6: <laughs> he avoided
5: the the train wreck by getting off the train in Wilmington before it uh, got up there to 30th Street Station. And 10 miles north of Philadelphia, well, we will wait and see who is at fault for the train going 106 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. But he... His lawyer told him he can't remember, probably very wise. Look look what Hillary Clinton said, that will never be proven to be true. She didn't say it wasn't true. She said it will never be proven to be true. And, of course, unfortunately, it's accurate, her being a lawyer. She had only witnesses assassinated, so there is no evidence to prove it so she can say with perfect reliance on the truth of that it will never be proven because she saw to it that all the witnesses have uh, met an early demise. Oh, well. People can vote for whoever they want to be their corporate mistress or presidentess, whatever she wants to be.
1: Can I ask you a question?
5: <laughs> I can't guarantee you're going to enjoy the answer, but, yeah, sure you can ask. <laughs> I mean not answer, you- but how do
1: you i and we've heard other people give their opinions of this question i, I like to get everybody's opinion on it how do you get a lien removed
5: well it depends what kind of a lien <laughs> it is but generally when they claim a a lien is just a claim that's all a lien is is a claim of that you owe someone some debt so the private for profit corporation IRS internal revenue service which only has jurisdiction over government employees and other internal government employees and government agency employees, which I am not one of. So since I do not get a weekly paycheck or biweekly paycheck from one of their corporate subdivisions, none of my earnings is income. The United States Supreme Court has already determined or decreed that the definition of income is corporation gain and corporation profit well i don't have any corporation gain or corporation profit because i'm not a corporation they just presume everybody is an all capital letter name dummy with a government id number which they don't call government id they call it socialist slave I mean, social security number but it's still only issued by congress to Creations, all capital letter named Fictitious, Creations of Congress, which is persons. Well, I'm not a person. I'm a creation of God. I'm a people. I happen to be a boy people, and my mother was a girl people, and my dad was a boy people. But we were live, natural people, not corporate fiction, all capital letter named number holding persons.
1: So how do you get a lien removed?
5: Well, I don't remove them. I just discharge them.
1: How do you do that?
5: Well, first you get a security agreement indemnity bond financing statement from the Howard Griswold Research Group. And anyone who wants to get one, send us 10 bucks to cover the photocopy costs of the 48-page data, D-A-T-A, data, data package with questionnaire blanks. And then we can mail you the 48 pages of educational information and questionnaire blanks, you fill them in and mail it back to Howard at his Gemini address, Gemini Investments address. And he creates for the people who send him the completed questionnaire blanks, he creates the security agreement, indemnity bond, financing statement, three-part document based upon the answers that people provide to him in the questionnaire blanks. And once you uh, record that document, which Howard's instructions tell people to do, to go to record at the State Secretary of State UCC Uniform Commercial Code office, not anywhere else. Unless if you have a deed of land in your county recorder of deeds, I think as instructions instruct people to also record it at the county where your land deed is recorded, both places. Some states... Only have one place. Other states have both two places, the county and the state's Secretary of State UCC office. Anyway, whichever place or both places where you get it, in fact, recorded or registered, Howard insists that you photocopy the front page only because that's where they stamp all those numbers on. And Howard needs those numbers in his file for people so that when they ask him for subsequent documents, he will have the numbers because people lose those numbers, experience has proven. So Howard has uh, said it's part of the instructions. If you do not follow his instructions, he cannot create some any follow-up subsequent documents later on. So after you get your security agreement and financing statement recorded, at either or any of the state or other offices, be sure to follow his instructions and send Howard a proof copy so he will have those numbers in his file, like the location where you recorded it, the book and page number where it is recorded, the date that you recorded it, the index number, the document number, all those numbers that the state stamps, they only stamp on the front page of the document. They do not stamp each and every page of the eight or ten page, however long it may be. They only stamp the front page. So Howard does not need the entire document that he created returned by people back to him. He only needs the front page where the numbers are stamped. Anyway, once he has confirmation that you've followed his instructions and he has those numbers in his file for your name or your file in his his records, people then can ask Howard to or Gemini Investments he can, they can then ask Howard or Gemini to create a assignment of partial interest an assignment or statement of assignment of partial interest out of the indemnity bond in other words it's like a bank check you're going to send them this assignment of interest, pardon me, partial interest, up to the amount of whatever their claim, pardon me, lien, you said it was, the lien that you were concerned about. You pay that lien, pardon me, discharge that lien with the assignment of interest out of the indemnity bond, and you just, in effect, in effect, you're telling them to go pack sand, go put your fictitious claim, of fictitious money, that you're billing your fictitious debtor, and. Uh, So stuff it. So now they're stuck, because once you've got certified mail, proof that you've sent or served certified mail, the assignment of interest, the partial interest, up to the amount of the levy or debt claim, under their own commercial code, Section 3-605, it very clearly says, tender offered, tender refused, the debt is discharged so if you've got certified mail proof that you served it and they failed to credit the account if they continue to use or claim that the debt is not paid or that the levy remains they are in violation actually you can thank them send them a thank you note for them agreeing with the uniform commercial code section 3-605 that you have tendered the offer and they have received it. You've got certified mail proof from the Postal Service. So there's your evidence, your documentation. And they, you must have proof, of course, that they have refused to credit the account by continuing to claim you still owe the money. And therefore, they've refused the tender offer that you made, the assignment of interest, partial interest, and therefore, in compliance, naturally, we expect them to honor their code. After all, it's their code, not not the people's. It's their commerce code. It says, tender offered, tender refused. Debt is discharged. So we suggest send them a thank you note for refusing the tender offer that they received, certified mail number, whatever it was, on whatever the date was, and thank them for observing or complying with the commercial code, state commercial code or federal commercial code, whichever one is the claimer of the or levy or lien, and that therefore the debt is discharged. Now, what are they going to say? We don't obey the code? Are they going to admit that they're so desperate they're going to ignore the code? Well, I've paid... Uh, Land, taxes, claims, they never got to a lien stage, or maybe they did. I don't know. I don't pay any attention to what they do on their records because their records don't affect live people and they don't affect actual land. They only affect right property, property rights. And part of the estate of being an owner, landowner, is having the property rights, which is part of your estate, which is your bundle of rights. That people enjoy from being an owner as opposed to a rental tenant, which is why when the lawyers have anything to do with you buying land, they create a deed which says you are a tenant in common. Well, if you paid cash money, why do you want to be a tenant? And if you let them get away with that, what whose tenant are you in common with? Who's your landlord? If you paid for it, why is the landlord? getting the credit, even if he's unnamed. Anyway, that's how I get rid of or discharge claims of debt, whether it's a mortgage or a tax bill or a levy or lien, whatever. Discharge with one of Howard's security agreement indemnity bond financing statements followed up by after it's re- registered at the state's Secretary of State Uniform Commercial Code Office, and you send your copy of your front page as proof back to Howard, he then can make up for people the affidavit of, pardon me, the assignment of partial interest, a statement of assignment of partial interest up to the amount of whatever claim, the bill they claim you owe land tax or mortgage or whatever. There is no money. There's only IOU notes called Federal Reserve, private for-profit corporation notes. (laughs) Why do you think, as Don Imus used to say on his radio show, that crazy Al (laughs) got out of that Federal Reserve job. He saw what was coming. Then who was the next follow-up? Oh, Ben Bernanke. He didn't last. He saw the problem that Al saw and he got out. Now this lady, Janet Yellen, is stuck and uh, she's in the middle of it watching the transfer of the what used to be oil or petro dollars are now becoming water dollars. Or maybe it'll be rice bowl food dollars. We don't know. Maybe it'll be energy of some other interstellar form. I'm not God, and I don't get spoken to, so I can't tell you. I cannot speak for her, whichever gender you think God may be. Anyway. So anyone who wants to read the actual definitions out of Corpus Juris Secundum can even go to the law library or the internet and look up the definition out of the Corpus Juris Second Edition Secundum and look up the definitions of appearance and it'll show you that the definition of appearance is if you do anything that's beneficial or anything that's detrimental to anybody you're making appearance in the case as a party to the case which is why you must use Howard's neutral response wording that's provided in the strategy number one. And the definition of acceptance is right out of the definition of contract. The definition of a contract is the offer, acceptance of that offer, and consideration of value. Well, there has not been any consideration of value since there's been no United States Treasury gold-backed notes. Since 1933, when they passed the Federal Reserve Act, everything's been Federal Reserve Corporation, private, for-profit corporation, IOU notes from Janet Yellen now. But because there's no money, all they can have is agreements, because the definition of a contract does not say IOU note for money. It says <laughs> must be consideration of value. And there is no money of value, so there can be no contracts based on it legally a lot of they don't they don't make that distinction; they just call any agreement whether it does have consideration or does not. It doesn't matter they uh, in their corporation private for profit courts they presume and their presumption stands until you rebut their presumption. Which is why you have to follow Howard's instructions, specifically and particularly accurate in the strategy number one wording. And you have to prove everything. You can't just send something, you have to do it certified mail to prove that you sent it. And you have to use the statement or the wording third party affidavit of mailing, both on. The wording inside the Howard's neutral response wording of the cover note inside, which mentions the details of what it is that you're returning, so you have a record of the t- title of what is being returned, and it has to be neutral because if you say anything other than Howard's wording, you're making appearance. If you say anything, it's detrimental or anything beneficial. If it's beneficial or detrimental, you're making appearance. You've got to use neutral. And Howard's got the wording there for the neutrality, but you have to send it certified mail to prove that you sent it back to return the documents to the sender or issuing officer. Now, these court clerks are not uh, clairvoyant. They don't know that you've activated Howard's strategy number one. So you have to be sure to send a copy of what you've returned to the issuing officer. You have to send a copy of everything. You have to keep a copy for yourself, of course, but you have to send a copy to the court clerk, and you have to send that to the court clerk, neutral and anonymous, otherwise you're making an appearance.
1: You know, let me stop you there, and you can pick it back up. I just want to let you know that I've been knocked off twice now and it takes me a long time to get back on. Skype keeps kicking me off. So if you hear long periods of silence on my end, just know I'm just trying to get back on the call. Secondly, uh, the people in the chat would like to know how to contact you. Um, you know, well, I have a link to your Freedom School on my guest no, speakers page, but it that's leads that's to a health that's page. That's not
5: us. That's,
1: that's not that's you?
5: Group. No, we're the escape... W dot escape harassment E S C A P E H A or A S S M E N T. Escape dot
1: com
5: dot uh, uh, com And the other title for the same website is w dot e s C-A-P-E dash tickets, T-I-C-K-E-T-S dash capital I, capital R, capital S dash court, C-O-U-R-T dot O-R-G. And just go to either title. They both take you to the same website. Study those definitions that are posted at the website so you'll understand what it is you've been falling for and being tricked into all these years being tricked into the appearance trap and being tricked into the acceptance trap and the subsequent resulting contract. And we've been forced to either pay or go to jail by our own unwitting tricked into, which is fraud. But it's all by our agreement and consent contract because we didn't, we never knew, they never taught us in their government-controlled schools the definition of a contract. Like people get married and they think they do it for love and affection. What they do not do not realize is that marriage is a business contract. Isn't that an upsetting thought? <laughs> That's why you can't just get divorced. You have to have the court agree that the contract is terminated or neutralized or what's the other word they say. Contract is uh, like melted down. What's the word for contracts that are dissolved? That's what they say. But they're not dissolved until some communist B.A.R. lawyer judge says or agrees with you that it's dissolved. What they don't want you to know or to tell them is that you and the wife or maybe wants to be ex-wife have agreed to mutually terminate their uh, mutual agreement between the two of them. And unless the state can show some loss or damage, it has no claim of interest or alimony or palimony or any other claim of money or right to adjudicate whether you can agree between you two to no longer live Together as man and wife, or other significant other of any genders these days, but they don't want anybody to be able to do anything unless some lawyer says so or some lawyer judge says so or agrees with you and pays money. They only want, they only want the money. They don't really care about the what the claim is or what the issue is. They just want the people to not think and pay money. And they constantly trick people into falling for the appearance trap by opening their mouth and saying something beneficial or saying something detrimental or placing it in writing on a piece of paper, which is worse than saying. But anyway, people keep falling for it, and then they wonder why they're held to specific performance of the claims by the Internal Revenue Service, but even the IRS corporation admits, they openly publicly admit that the income tax is collected by voluntary compliance. That's basic contract law. That's what a contract is, is to offer the acceptance of that offer and consideration of value. But if you don't have enough information or knowledge to have formed an intent or intention to accept or refuse to accept or deny or refuse to enter a plea, if you never have enough information or knowledge to form an intent to approve, then no signature they may have or purport to have or claim to have, no signature, On any document or application or paper, no signature they have is your authorized signature. It is not your authorized signature. Nobody can get inside your brain or inside your mind and know more than you do about what your intentions were. So when you put in a sworn under penalty of perjury, notarized signature, sworn affidavit, that you did not have enough information or knowledge provided to form an intent to consent or refuse or accept or deny or enter a plea or anything else, therefore, any document that the government agency may have or believe or think they have, if it's not your authorized signature, It must be an unauthorized signature. And the definition of an unauthorized signature is a forgery. You cannot be held to a document or paper bearing a forged signature. So if you do not have the understanding and knowledge and information, and it's their fault because they failed to provide it, therefore you did not have the ability or capability to form an intent to accept or refuse or deny. And therefore, no contract or agreement to go to their fiction meetings called courts, which pass for courts these days. You are not the defendant. The defendant is a fiction. The defendant is an all-capital letter. Live people cannot be an all-capital letter Imaginary, non existent, fixed, fictitious, or fiction. But people don't study the true definitions of, and meanings of words, and they let these communist VAR lawyers trick the people into stating or acknowledging by failing to rebut and deny that they are the defendant. Only a fiction can be a defendant. Only a person, like a creation of Congress, and all kept with letter that has a government property ID number called a social security number. Congress does not issue those numbers to people. Congress only issues and authorizes its agencies to issue numbers to Congress's creations. You know, Dave,
6: um,
1: I have someone on the call that went to court, and I want to hear what his experience was. And I'd love your insight also if you'd like to comment on it that okay
5: well yeah but you could just send an email to the email that's posted at the website for comments and questions well he's on the call i
1: told him to call in and tell us what his experience was so
5: we try to teach people how to stay out of court
1: not well yeah but he already went so
5: (laughs) i wanted to stay out
1: of court go ahead jay youngst tell us what happened
7: so today I went to court for uh, demanding the restoration of my property with my wife and uh, it, it just didn't he uh, he just didn't really want to acknowledge uh, he accepted my my quarter record of the exhibit a of the picture of my property and uh, I filed the the uh, notice also into the record of uh, that woman stole on my property get it back. what, 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 uh, pretty what much kind of what property we
5: what property are you talking about your human body or your automobile what property are you talking about
7: but we're talking about being. I'm sorry, what? So we're talking about a being, a person.
5: Oh. Your, your body? Your human human body?
7: Yeah, we're talking about oh. property. Exhibit A of, of a child.
5: Property is just a benefit of actual things that have property rights. That's what you're referring to as the property rights belonging to something. So I didn't know if you meant land. Yeah and property rights belonging to land or what an automobile or your body what difference like, does it make well we, we make just a put on
7: the notice uh i woman demand uh immediate master, uh, i woman demand immediate my uh property that woman stole my property
1: and you pointed out the person that took the child
7: so uh we we just uh listening to be a woman's testimony uh, of her mother. And then uh after just seeing how my wife was reacting to it, I uh,
5: Yeah, well all that all that is something beneficial for you and detrimental to the plaintiff or to the state or the county, whoever the agency is. So you're making appearance in the case becoming a party to the case by doing that. That's not what we teach. We teach stay
3: out of court.
1: <laughs> well, when they steal your children, what do you do at that point?
3: You know, when what
1: what is it, home child protective services or whatever they are, steal your children? What do you do? How do you stay out of court? I mean,
5: uh, um, you mentioned that Rod Class was going to be on next week. I believe you said. Yeah,
1: Thursday.
5: I hope so. I yeah. hope so. He helped uh, those. Two folks, I can't remember their names now, but uh, he helped them to get their children back. I think it was Florida where they had uh, James and – what's
3: her name?
5: Anyway, they were successful. Rod Class's philosophies and strategies were successful for them. Did they have to go to court? Well, the children were being taken by the government agency, so yes, they did. Dispose of the agency in court, yes, okay. rather than armed insurrection in the streets. But, <laughs> yeah, that's going to come sooner or later anyway. So, Have you ever seen the movie Red Dawn, where it was a mock invasion, kind of like Jade Helm is a mock invasion of martial law? The problem is it's not going to be a mock. It's going to be an actual And they make us think it's a mock invasion, but it's going to be an actual, well, we shall see.
1: Yeah, anyway, um, Jay Youngst, so what, what, what happened in court? So, I mean, do you have to go back now on another date, or what are they doing? Oh, he's off the phone. Oh. Yes, I was going to file it, but I'm going to go over it a few more times to be sure it was to be sure it what it has to be to be proper okay <laughs> do you have your own claim, oh my goodness. You know, it's so tough when they take your kids. It's just so emotional. It's so, you just want to kill people, you know? And I'm sure that's how you feel.
5: You don't that's want to do they, that, but, uh, people, They view people's children as their property. And they have yeah. property rights. And they have an interest in your private property body and your private property children's body, they presume. And they get away with it because nobody challenges their presumptions and demands Mm -hmm. that they prove where they have paid the parents for their interest in the children. So they commit a taking of the private property without just compensation, which is unconstitutional, because the people don't say, fine, you want the little girl, my daughter? It'll cost you $150 million. Just, (laughs) Just send the money, and then you can have the deed. They can't prove they own the child or have an interest in the child because they do not have a receipt from God who created the child, the daughter or son or whatever. So they cannot prove they have an interest under contract law. But people don't understand the definitions. Anyway, to get back to – if anybody has a question they want to email, just go to the website, www.escapeharassment.com or escape-tickets-irs-courts.org, and they can send the email question, and we will answer any question that is related to Howard Griswold's teaching and the law, if we're able. If it's something we're not able to answer, we'll tell you we do not know anything about whatever that area of law. People ask us some questions that are absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> so, but we can we can only answer what we know. We cannot answer what we do not know to answer. But everything Howard Griswold teaches is based on law. And court
4: decisions and transcripts and cases as proof. So that's what we tell people to do.
5: Go to those websites and study the definitions that are posted there on the site and then get that strategy number one and activate strategy number one each and every time, each and every paper, each and every envelope, every document, every presentment, always and forever. This is not something that you can do one time and all evil will disappear and go away. Nothing. Somebody's will stop.
1: asking, somebody's, Morpheus is asking, what was that site you just said?
5: Escape. E S C A P E harassment, H-A-R-A-S-S-M-E-N-T dot com. And strategy number one is if they properly do that, they'll never need or get to strategy number two. And if the enemy continues to ignore the law and due process, there's always strategy number three, which is the six demands and disclaimers, the coup de grace, so to speak. Because once you make that demand, there's no way they can comply because it would reveal their fraud and they do not want to expose or reveal their fraud because they would be disbarred and not able to be a, liar, a lawyer any longer. So they don't want to do that. But once that is Done, they usually trump up some phony excuse like was the window up or down or something that has nothing to do with anything so that they can dismiss the case or null press or uh, what's the word they have for it anyway, dismiss the charges to confuse the audience.
1: People are afraid, you know, they have fear. That's the way we've been trained for so many years, all our lives. You know, they carry the guns, right?
5: Only because we don't force them to obey the law. No police officer has a license, so why is he carrying a gun without a license? You and I have the same right to carry a private property pistol, what they want to call a handgun, to confuse people, but the true definition is it doesn't matter which title, people, because it doesn't say we the persons, in order to form a more perfect union, it says we the people. Well, the people reserved to ourselves the right. So the servant, public servants and lawyers and corporations that they've converted it to do not have the authority to dictate to we, the people. We are the ones who allowed them to even have a corporation government to exist to protect our private property rights to private life, private liberty, and private property free from infringement. But now the policy enforcement police are outdoing the infringing. Now they're even militarized so they can infringe more and supposedly get more money. Well, there is no money, so they've got to work twice as hard to get more of the IOU notes to satisfy their greedy international banksters, whether it's Preston Bush or George Herbert Walker Bush or whoever, the latest one of their minions may be. They're running scared because nobody wants their IOU notes. That's why they're printing as many of them as they can. And the more they print, the less value the ones you have in your pocket remaining are worth. The paper dollars that you have in your pocket are worth less and less and less because they keep printing more of Federal Reserve IOU notes. So the Federal Reserve dollar Federal Reserve note is going to be like the old historical continental. There's an old historical phrase: "It's not worth a continental." Well, all the people listening to this call are probably younger than me. I'm 77. I'll be 78 in July. But anyway, the old phrase: "It's not worth a continental," and it's the same thing. That same thing's been true for years. The money is only worth the paper. That it's printed on. With. The Bible says. In the later days. Or the end times. You will be left with nothing. But filthy rags. So what is. The Federal Reserve note. But. Tag. Paper. It's rag. Stock. Paper. And what is on the rag. Stock paper. Filthy. Black ink on one side. And filthy green ink on the other side. So you've got. Filthy rags, and with the new money, water based or food based. The nice thing about U.S. Postal Service money orders is whether it's the U.S. Postal Service Inc., as a private for profit corporation, or the government agency, United States Post Office, all Postal service money orders, according to the Universal Postal Union, must be backed by gold, according to the International Postal Union. Now, whether whether Janet Yellen is obeying that or not, we will probably never know. And what good is the gold? When you're hungry and you want some food and the store will not accept your United States Postal Service private for-profit corporation, U.S. Postal Service money orders, blank though they may be, even if you fill in the name, A&P store or Food Lion store or Kmart or Super K, whatever the local food store chain you may be trying to shop at, if they will not accept whatever you've got to offer, you'll be throwing your Kruger Jens in the street because that's what they'll be worth you'll be, just like the Bible says, you'll be left with nothing but filthy rags. Rag stock paper, like Monopoly money, only instead of printed by Parker Brothers, it'll be printed by the Federal Reserve Corporation, which by that time will probably be out of business or broke or bankrupt. They'll pull the same thing that they did when all the... Uh, and they had that uh, material that uh, asbestos, all the roof shingles used to be done by John's Manville Company. And then they discovered that uh, asbestos was causing ailments. So rather than pay off on all the damages and lawsuits due to the physical ailments from asbestos, lawsuits, the slick-willy lawyers, they just... John's Manville went out of business, went broke, declared bankruptcy, and uh, collapsed. And next thing you know, the signs came down and new signs went up called CertainTeed Roof Shingles. Well, it's not John's Manville. Different company, right? So they bought everything for two cents on the dollar. Nobody sued the new company. Because they were not in existence back when everybody caught whatever the physical ailments from asbestos were. They just changed the name. What do you think is going to happen when the Social Security fund is empty? One of two things. Either Either nobody will get a Social Security check that month, or you'll get a Social Security check, but when you go to the bank to deposit it, (laughs) <laughs> they'll tell you sorry it will not clear there're no funds in the clearing house the federal reserve cannot the government's broke does not have enough money to cash the social security checks so don't count i feel sorry for all the people that are living on they have no other money coming in anymore They're living on that pittance or puny little whatever, Social Security, and they will not even have that. How are they going to survive? Well, we'll be back to soup kitchens, I guess, and uh,
4: alms alms for the love of Allah. (laughs) Alms for the love of whoever. Pete's (laughs) Pete's
3: sake.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we've got some people with their hand up, so I'm going to unmute them and see what they have to say.
6: Okay. Alan of, Douglas.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alan Douglas, you've been unmuted. Howdy. Hi.
5: <clears throat> Hi. Um, what's the gentleman's name? Dave. Me, I'm Dave on Delaware. Also known Hi, as the No new tax man. At DMV, that stands for Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. DMV.com, not the Department of Motor Vehicles. The that's other. your that's email the address. Center. That's the email that's okay. on the website. You, when you send an email to the website, it's, that's the that's the web that's the email address that replies.
0: Okay. So you were uh, you were calling uh, the government a corporation?
5: That's what it is anymore. Okay. Um, Rod, Rod Class has five, I think, or six different courts, with six different decisions, where the judges, six different judges on six different occasions have all admitted that the state of North Carolina is a separate legal entity and the North Carolina state police is a separate legal entity and that all these government agencies are private separate legal entities. They are not, as they appear, government. They are not government agencies. They're private, for-profit corporations. And you can prove that by going to Dunn and Street, D-U-N-N and Street, and look up the name of the court or the name of the agency, and they're all listed there. They're all businesses.
1: You know, oh, yeah, like... Uh, um, to say the uh, uh, country I, Australia, if you punch in Australia, you'll find out it's a corporation incorporated in the United States.
0: Yes, uh, so is Canada. So Canada weird. it's a corporation on the SEC. Oh yeah, for sure. No, actually, it's not weird because uh, what what they did, like Canada, I don't believe has ever had a sovereign government. But what they did was they set up a corporation that operated. On two folds. Um, one, uh, they hired this company to operate as as the government, and and gave them two mandates. So your first mandate is to protect the property of people, marine hospitals, and uh, take care of the money. And the second mandate is, well, you're a business, go make money. So I, I, I really don't see a difference between the Canadian government and the U.S. government because the sovereign U.S. government walked out. In the 1800s, and never and never reconvened, and these guys have been running what we call a de facto government since.
5: Yeah, so, the Congress, the Congress passed in this country, it passed the negotiable insurance law, and then they codified it into the federal uniform commercial code. But in Canada, they have a different name for pretty much the same code is called the PPSA, the Private Property Security Act.
0: Right. It's just the corporation code.
5: But it's so similar to the corporate my, it's, it's two different corporations with the same bylaws. <laughs> they just changed the name. Well, well it's
0: well, it's just the difference between Pepsi and Coca Cola, is all I see.
5: Yeah, right. one is John's Manville and they went out of business and now you get certain teed across the street and they're making the same product. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and I bet you, I bet you, the United States Corporation and the Canadian Corporation, I bet you they're owned by the same parent company. Probably the Inner City of London, I would guess. Yeah. Which is a which is a corporate sovereign state in itself, as far as I understand.
5: The big three are the Ten Miles Square District of Columbia. Is one right. of them the. City, of, city London, of London, which is inside the town of London, in the nation of England, Vatican. and the Vatican, which is yeah. in the town of Rome, Italy. Those three,
2: right.
5: yeah, those three are the hub of all this <laughs>
0: contagion. But if, but if we have corporations running as de facto governments for us, they're still don't they still have a mandate to uh, govern, like to protect property? Uh, as far as i uh, I understand, uh, their first mandate is to protect property of man. their second mandate is to uh, is to make money
5: well right that, that may be what they want you to think, but that 's not what they 're actually doing day by day they 've got their stooges, the policy enforcement, police agents out doing the infringing not to protect your property but to protect the crown were government's interest in its property which you are renting <laughs> falsely thinking it's yours they're going to be their lawn
0: it's it's david
5: right yes
0: i i saw the crown come up you remember when they were selling those guns across the border and they brought up uh they brought up uh what was his name there they brought up charges on uh oh what the hell is his name uh for allowing the sale of of arms to go across into Mexico, and then it killed, uh, and then they, they were used to kill the border guards. What was that guy's name?
5: You're not talking You're... about Charlie Tree that got all the uh, secrets, or the atomic no. secrets out of.
0: The... No, no, no. This just just happened a few years ago, where the FBI allowed some gun sales to go across the Mexican border. And then uh, the outlaws in Mexico used them to kill border guards.
1: Yeah, I remember that, but I don't know their name.
0: Well, I I was just thinking of the guy's name that came up on charges uh, at Capitol Hill that was supposed to be in charge of that. Oh, geez.
5: Not Oliver North.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, It was another guy, and it was more recent. It was more recent, yeah. Uh, So anyways, uh, and... I remember the uh Congress whatever coming out and saying, well, uh, the crown has decided not to charge him, <laughs> not to follow through with the charges. And I thought that was funny because I've I've told my friends that, you know, basically the crown runs, the crown is the inner city of London and they basically, you know, our our countries are 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 just subcorporations of the inner city of London and I had a good laugh over it, not not over the desk, but over how they came out and said, well, the Crown has decided not to not to follow through with the charges at this time.
5: And that's the reason you're going to have a civil war in this country, just like on the movie Red Dawn, there's going to be an internal civil war in this country, south of Canada, north of Mexico, and west of the Pacific shore or east, I guess, of the Pacific Shore and west of the Atlantic Shore, what we used to think was the United States of America, but is now a private landmass. And there's a highway they're building called Canamex from Canada to Mexico. Yeah, I thought uh, thought
0: their new money was called the Amero.
5: That's one of the (laughs) names and one of the – we don't know which – whether it's going to be a for interest or without interest, we don't know if it's going to be based on petro petro dollars or whether it's going to be aqua water dollars or food dollars. But if it's interest bearing, we don't want anything to do with it. I think.
0: Okay, can... David, <clears throat> I was talking to you about this just to lead up to one big question. If we have corporations that are running as de facto governments,
5: we don't. We have nothing to do with it. We are cannon fodder to those people. They control their corporation. It's not got anything to do with you and I.
0: Okay, well.
5: The corporation,
0: yeah. Okay, well. You see, the corporation, uh, they created persons and they all gave man persons, right? We all. No, persons are not
5: man. Man is people. Not persons. Persons are fictions. Yeah, people right. That's what, actual...
0: I mean, what I was trying to get at was the corporation made persons on our behalf when they started uh when they started uh borrowing uh money on man's on the people's uh basically worth of their lifetime back in the thirties. Do you agree with that? Back when well, they changed it from 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 uh back in our own notes to to the federal reserve system in 33 or whatever.
5: Well, that's when uh Hillary Clinton gave away all of the deeds to the land that is recorded. So if your deed is recorded in the public records, the public it's now no longer your land. It's the county's trust estate property, it's not yours. And Hillary Clinton gave away her interest in your recorded deed land property to guarantee their debt
0: okay
3: There's an article uh, in the
5: there was an article in the in the american's bulletin about that it's part of our information package from the old mail order days postal service I, mail order
0: i apologize david if i'm not trying to get if i haven't got my question out clear i just put in like a 10 hour day here but what, what what I'm trying to get at is we have a corporation that runs as our governments. That's something that we all have in common in, in, in uh, all common law lands, right? Do you agree with well, that?
5: There's a corporation, but it's got nothing to do with you and I. It's not ours. We're subjects. Ask the police, are you a subject? And they'll tell you, yeah, they're trained that everybody is a subject because they presume and the lawyers have told them and trained them that it's cheaper for them. Always shoot to kill because it's less money than if the subject survives and sues them for damage or maiming or losing an arm or a leg or some part of their body. Like if you run over them with a car, be sure to back up over them. Be sure they're dead. And if you somebody's breaking into your house and you shoot them and the body falls outside you're going to be guilty. You've got to pull that body inside to prove that they were breaking into your house. Otherwise, <laughs> it's more expensive. They don't do down realize, to money. They don't care about the dead person. They but just you do want to realize, pay the money.
0: You do realize that the word you is a plural word. It's a joiner word, right? Whatever. Like you does not explain a man or it does not explain a person, but you more describes a man and his title. So what I'm trying to get at is is the way I see it, um uh these corporations when they came into effect they created persons and they decided instead of having gold back money that they would run uh they would print off money on basically a man's worth and his, the average man's worth in his lifetime. So they created the person, so they said, Okay, David, you're born here, so we're gonna print off a million bucks on you. Uh And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a benefit uh, to operate within the corporation called a birth certificate or a valuable warehouse certificate. And so you can either, if you wish to operate within this corporation, you can use your birth, birth certificate and use it as a benefit. And if you don't, you can still operate as a man. And after listening to you talk, I was just wondering to myself, how can a man go after a corporation, a fiction, when a fiction doesn't really exist and the fiction can cease to exist immediately? Is it not the responsibility of a man to go after the man that runs the corporation to hold the man liable for his actions through the corporation? Rather you, than
5: just You've been you've been studying with Carl Lynch, right? Well I, I, I studied a few
0: things human rights law under John <laughs> well, Talk that's, and uh, Trust Law and
5: Yeah, that's correct. That's, that's all That's very ethereal and uh, philosophical, and uh, so what? It's still going to come. They keep printing more of it, which makes your remaining whatever's in your pocket, what passes for money, is worth less and less and less. So when they go to find out how much it's going to cost to repair this damage in Philadelphia where the train derailed going 106 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour zone, my question is, get the money back from the banks. When they had the bank bailout, they should never have paid those wealthy banksters. They're printing all the money they need. Why should we taxpayers have to pay the bank's bailout? Now they're going to have to bail out Amtrak to rebuild the tracks and the overhead wires and the cars and pay those people that got injured.
0: (laughs) Well, I remember when they, they ceased via rail in Western Canada back in the 80s not too long after we went on to the Federal Reserve Bank number 13 and and then expanded government grants in Canada through Ontario and Quebec for Amtrak. So they took away the people's train so that they could expand the business down east. I remember that well, actually. I was pretty pissed off about that. Via Rail used to be a lot of fun. But, uh, but all, all I'm saying is, as a man, and like, you said, "Who like, who is the taxpayer? Is that a man or is, is that uh, one of the persons?
5: It's the people who are enjoying benefits. That's the reason everyone is being charged or presumed to be charged a tax by the Internal Revenue Service because they're enjoying the benefit of the citizenship. They vote no. in the corporation, so they owe a tax because they're enjoying the franchise of voting as a registered voter or a um, when you go to the hospital, you are seen by the resident agent and you're all these other benefits. So that's why you owe a tax because everybody they presume everybody's enjoying some benefit or privilege or license or title of nobility like citizen of, voter of, taxpayer of, member of, or some opportunity offered from government. They said that back in the International Shoe Corporation versus the state of Washington. Anyone who wants to look up that case can do so. Go to your Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition, I think it is. Anyway, the the word or phrase minimum contact or minimal contact And it'll tell you about the International Shoe Corporation versus State of Washington. And in that case, the United States Supreme Court, they're supposed to be neutral, right? They're supposed to be unbiased, unprejudiced. Anyway, they admitted the way they get their jurisdiction is by the presumption. Well, there goes your due process. There goes your unbiased court out the window. Presumption. Anyway, the presumption is that everybody, you, me, Howard, Breswald, Angie, everybody is enjoying purposeful, there's your intent, right, purposeful availment of some benefit, privilege, license, title of nobility, or opportunity offered from government, they presume, and it stands as unrebutted because you and I do not deny and refute and rebut their presumptions with a sworn under penalty of perjury, uh, notarized signature Ah. affidavit. That's what destroys their presumption. Because once you put a a sworn under penalty of perjury, notarized signature affidavit, nobody else, those gutless weasels have enough coyotes to put out a sworn under penalty of perjury, notarized signature affidavit to refute anything because only you, possibly God and you, Only you and God can know what was in your brain or your mind or your skull and what your intent was. And since they never gave you enough information or knowledge to have formed an intent, you never had the ability or capability to form an intent to authorize or not authorize. And therefore, no document they have, no contract, no application for one of these benefits, nothing. No paper they have has your authorized signature. It may have a signature. It may even have your signature. But it is not your authorized signature because you never had the knowledge or information. Therefore, you never had the ability or capability to form an intent. Therefore, it is not your authorized signature. And you can say in a sworn under penalty of perjury notarized signature affidavit that it is not your authorized signature. And there's no way they want to bring up the fact that if it is not your authorized signature it must be an unauthorized signature the definition in law of an unauthorized signature is a forgery you cannot be held to a document bearing your forged or a forged signature and once you put a sworn under penalty of perjury notarized signature affidavit that it is not your authorized signature they will drop the case, they will null prop the issue. They will discontinue their harassment of you because they do not want to raise in court. In fact, Kobe Brandt, a famous uh, sports celebrity out in the West Coast, California, somewhere,
0: yeah, he won his case.
5: Saying. He won his case by saying that's not his authorized signature. Well, they dropped the case right away. They changed the subject, and you know. Did the car have a battery in it or not? Well, that has nothing to do with what the issue may have been. Case dismissed. Well, I know up,
0: up here in Canada that uh, income tax on a man or a woman is a voluntary act. And I'm pretty sure down down in your way, in America and the several states, that income tax is also a voluntary act on a man or a woman.
5: Yeah, they, that, but that it, it's, it's only voluntary really off The phrase that they use... Also, The Internal Revenue Service Corporation admits that the way they collect the income tax is by voluntary compliance. But it's not because the code says so. It's because it's basic contract law. The definition of a contract is offer, acceptance of that offer. So they send you some papers. You commit appearance by quibbling with them, doing something. You get tricked into the appearance trap by doing something beneficial to them and detrimental to you by uh, quibbling about some... They sold they up a, a gazillion are you, are you dollars, to, and they, they settled for a couple hundred million. But you just fell for the trap. See,
0: so, well, I don't know about you, but uh, um, so you're trying to say if I receive a benefit from the corporate body politic at a time that I am stuck and have to have to uh, be stuck within the the body corporate politic forever? No, that uh, that's we why have, we have.
5: That's why Howard Breslow developed. Shoe? That's why Howard Griswold developed strategy number one. I have not Which been bothered by Internal Revenue Service since 1972. Their computers do not even send me papers any longer because I not only returned the papers using Howard's document uh, wording on his neutral response, right. I sent them back certified mail. Well, the computers, they have eight or ten different computers around the country that send stuff, and the one computer does not tell the other nine, or they don't all get the message, so some different one would send something six months later, some third one will send you the same message and I began putting when these things were returned, I would put them in the three day priority envelope, which is five dollars and eighty cents, or used to be five eighty, but it's probably Great. more now. The point is, I would put their documents into that priority mail envelope, and I would put $0. six cents or $0. seven eight cents, ten cents, whatever a couple of pennies postage with the Internal Revenue Service's name and address both as the sender and the receiver on the priority mail, and I would drop it in the big box outside the post office, not not inside the building. I'd put it in the box outside with eight or ten cents of postage so the post office would get it, and they would say, oh, there's not enough postage for this priority mail. So they would return to sender, which is the Internal Revenue Service. So they had to pay Five dollars and eighty cents to get their own stuff back. And <laughs> if they if they continued, the next time I graduated to a larger priority box size, which cost them even more money. After a while, <laughs> it got I was costing them more in return fees that the postal service was collecting, and I was not worth it to them because they knew I was onto their fraud.
0: <laughs> That's too cool.
5: So okay, so but you got to uh, use but, you got to follow Howard's instructions and put. But that isn't common. that
1: committing mail fraud?
5: Yes, they are, absolutely. That's why you've got to say third-party third, third party affidavit of mailing so they will know you've got an affidavit from your postal clerk or your next-door neighbor or your brother-in-law, whoever takes the documents and puts them into the envelope for you and takes the document-filled envelope to the post office for you and inserts it into the mail stream for you, and they gave you a signed under penalty of perjury sworn notarized signature affidavit that he did so. That way they cannot lie and claim you never sent it back. Because they will think you've got an affidavit. Whether you actually bother to get an affidavit from your brother-in-law or your son or your housekeeper. But just by or putting
1: their um, name and address as the sender and
5: both the them As both the sender and the receiver. So that if they, if they that return to the it, sender, if they send it on through, it still goes to the U.S. The internal revenue service because it's their name and address both as a sender and the receiver.
0: Right. But I think I heard I think I heard Larry one time say that the best way to who uh, was in the postal service, uh, I think he was a postmaster for quite a long time, but he was in there for thirty years and he said the the one way to uh send mail back that isn't fraud is to put undeliverable on it.
6: Hmm.
0: So Okay. <laughs> That's just something that was just something I, I heard. You know, but, we have a
1: couple more people with their hands up, and time is getting short. So, should we move on? Was that it for you?
0: Great. Uh, I just I just had one question for David, and that was: so, what is what is his answer to to um, rebuke these presumptions without getting into trouble?
5: Strategy number one go to escape-tickets-irs-court.org, implement Howard's strategy number one, and it must be continuous and repeated each and every time, each and every envelope, each and every document, each and every letter, each and every paper, each and every presentment, each and every time, and the one time you fail to activate and implement Howard's strategy number one, A contract will arise and you will pay or go to jail for failing to implement strategy number one. And that's my answer based on law and Howard's research. And it has worked for me as far as Internal Revenue Service goes. Like I said earlier, it's worked for me since 1972. None of their computers, not San Francisco, not Denver, not Philadelphia, none of the IRS computers send me stuff any longer. (laughs) <laughs> because they don't want to pay the return postage. Priority mail for another huge box full of their stuff to be returned to them.
0: Well, thank you for your time, David.
5: But you got to use really that phrase, third-party affidavit of mailing. Otherwise, they will think you don't know any better, and you'll fall for the trick and trap. The appearance trap and the acceptance trap, and a contract arises by the acceptance.
0: I'll have, I'll have to look up that word affidavit, because I don't, I don't think I understand that word, but... Uh, Thank you very much for your time, sir. Okay. Well, thanks for your interest. Thank you. All right.
1: All righty. Here's to Canada. move on. (laughs) Uh, Money Mike 5000, did you have a question or a comment? Money Mike? Oh, hello. There you go. Hi.
3: Oh,
2: my goodness. Okay. Forgive me. I just woke up. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm always serious we just answer um,
5: your question and now you woke up?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm now I know the rest of the story. Um, no, actually uh, I was just, um, I was just uh, fiddling with the thing trying to figure out what like, see. I have an Android phone. So uh, it's very difficult to get through like, uh, you know, like naturally like uh, we do with the iPhone. Um, so I'm, so I'm just uh, surprised I got on right now and I'm actually just listening. But, um, uh, you had to Perhaps press I, sorry I,
1: to get to ask to get your hand up so
2: did yeah you, i I guess i'm just trying- i guess I'm just trying to get the bravado here, but uh, the bottom line truth is that you know I didn't even realize I had my hand up, but uh i'm gonna try to close out anyway and just ask a question and say you know yeah you you, you say about the law about something about uh where you know you say you know you're gonna go to jail for doing such and such uh which which law exactly
3: Hello. Hmm. I don't
5: know what you what what are you talking well, about? Well
2: you said well you said there was a law there was a law that you know some law that's uh now that you know under the law that you know that you you know jail if you don't follow such and such uh prior to prior to me coming on. Oh about-
5: people's failure to implement Howard's Strategy number one, a contract will arise and you will pay or go to jail by your own consent and agreement contract that arises because you did something that's beneficial or detrimental, and you fell for the appearance trap, you committed appearance, you made appearance in the case as a party to the case without even realizing it, and you'll pay and go to jail because you failed to implement Howard's strategy number one and follow his instructions, and you've got to send a certified mail to prove that you did. And you've got to have that comment, that remark, that phrase has got to be both on the envelope and on the wording of the neutral response, third-party affidavit of mailing. So that the lying lying thieving cheats that open the envelope will see, or that receive the envelope, will see that you have, or they will think you've got an affidavit from your third-party postal clerk or your secretary or your wife or your next-door neighbor, whoever, that you've got an affidavit that says they put the documents into the envelope for you and they took that document-filled envelope to the postal office for you and they put it into the mail stream for you. And therefore, they cannot lie and say they received an empty envelope-certified mail from you, which the lying, thieving cheats will do. They've been known. They've Uh, been known to lie under print, under sworn, under perjury on the witness stand they've been known to lie and say they got an empty envelope certified mail so to cut them off at the pass you've got to use that phrase howard's instructions tell you third party affidavit of mailing they don't bother trying to lie because they do not want to go to jail for perjury and they'll get caught if they claim the envelope was empty you've got an affidavit they think you've got an affidavit from whoever your secretary or whoever they don't, you don't tell them who right. you're from. You don't really need to have an affidavit because,
2: okay. You right, them in um, the quickly, what are they gonna quickly, do? quickly before I go, I'm just going to just uh, ask the question right quick and then I just head out. I'll probably just hang up because I don't know how to cancel out in here because I think what happens is um, I got to go on the road there and it's real slow. slow so I'm just going to hang up after I do this. Um, you do realize that the word will is a uh, future tense uh, verb, right? Like it's like will lately like, like the same as shall. Right. You do realize that, right? Uh, same also with the word you, every time you say you, uh you comes from a from a plural.
4: Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
1: Alrighty. Moving on, let's see here. Uh guest twenty six. You've been unmuted. Are you
8: talking to me in? Yeah. Oh great. Hi, my name is David and I'm calling from Oklahoma City. Um, this may be a little different, but um I receive a trash bill from the city and they stick a drainage fee that is called a fee due to unfunded EPA mandate and it's for five dollars sixty nine cents and I've refused to pay it. And of course now they accrue, accrue all the late payment charges. So I'm wanting to know if they have any if he has an opinion on you know, I wanted to be able to get them to admit I, they don't have any right to collect that money. That the F, that the EPA has no taxing ability, and I just I just kind of wonder if the guy had any opinion on this and if I what I could possibly do
5: on this. Well, you can either discontinue enjoying their service, in which case you don't owe them zip anyway,
3: or well, you, can, you
5: can quibble with them by sending them a letter saying, "Show me the contract that I signed agreeing." To pay this additional five dollars and eighty cents, or whatever it is,
3: where's right. the contract
5: I, with my authorized signature? Not just a plain old signature, but my authorized signature. I did.
8: I did put a letter like that in there already. And well, have they? And have, course, have they replied? They have not replied. Did you I'm send not, wh-
5: certified mail to prove that you sent it?
8: Okay, this second one I did not send certified.
5: Well, how can you prove you did it?
8: Well, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I need to send it certified.
5: So, right. Okay. Well, they'll deny you. They never received it because you can't prove you sent it. You're not dealing with honorable people here. You're dealing with liars and thieves and privateers as opposed to a pirate. A privateer is a hired pirate. He's a pirate who is paid by a different uh, entity, a different sovereign nation, to be a pirate for profit for them as opposed to for the benefit of the pirates themselves.
8: Okay, so if I send it certified, uh, um, then to me... Where's the contract?
5: Right. Here's the Where's contract uh, by, I, I, bearing yeah, my authorized signature where I agreed to pay this fee. Right.
9: I mean, well, That's I, all I need I, to I, ask.
5: If they can't prove you, got, they've got a contract or agreement signed by you, then all they have is some vote by a bunch of people called a not a chamber of commerce but a council, board. county council or whatever. It's got nothing to do with you. What they do board meeting, <laughs> right?
8: So, so they're, right. The only thing I'm thinking in the long run is because I want to actually get them to admit they've done wrong, and then of course that leads me to say, oh, so you're so you're stealing from every other customer in Oklahoma City. And, and, a, and a fee for a business is a heck of a lot more. So that means there could be like a class action lawsuit against the city.
1: They're never going to admit course, any wrongdoing. So Well, I
8: know. But then, then of course, we're fighting the EPA. So then since the Tenth Amendment and nullification is starting to grow, it's just that kind of pushback against the federal government.
5: What is the EPA, a federal agency? Yes. So it's another private for-profit corporation listed on Dunn with two N's and Brad Street as a profit-making private corporation. Where is your contract with that agency, that private corporation, to be bound by whatever whoever the EPA is? So what? I don't care. Maybe they're the EPA on moon. I'm not on moon, so what do I care what they do?
6: <laughs>
5: uh, I have I no see- contract with those people.
8: Right, right. I see you saying. I'm just trying to make it even more difficult for – for the thieves.
5: Well, just and like the, Andy says, you're going to waste a lot of time, and uh, you know we teach how to stay out of court, and <laughs> if you want to go in and. <laughs> well, have I don't fun. know how to.
8: You know, if you go on the offensive, that's kind of what you kind of have to do, and I'm well, just thinking just in the prepare. long
5: haul. If if you want to win, you've got to prepare your evidence, your proof. Right. So
2: okay. If you want so to create your proof saying...
5: and evidence? You have to do it by certified mail in writing. If it's a telephone call, it is worth. It's nothing. Uh, okay. They have no proof that you ever called or that there was any answer or telephone conversations or nothing but vibrations in the wind. They're not in writing, they're not on paper. So if
8: they can't provide me with the contract that I've signed, that is my edge.
5: With your authorized signature, not just signed.
1: Authorized signature signed.
5: Did you agree to pay that
1: when you originally started? Did you agree to pay that? No.
5: well, did they give Tell you? It. Did they give you the full explanation? Did they give you the full disclosure prior to obtaining the alleged signature? Uh, I if, you said, it,
1: if you rented an apartment and it was a thousand dollars a month, you got a you know two bedrooms and everything is cool, and and you're doing that for a couple of years, and all of a sudden the landlord sends you a bill. And says we're going to start. We're going to start charging you another an additional hundred dollars a month, just because. You going to do it?
4: Well, no, of
3: course
1: not. If you've got a lease and it's supposed to be for X amount of dollars, whatever. It's the same thing uh, with your bill. You know, you signed up for to well, I know, electricity I know. or whatever it is, and uh, yeah, they,
8: they're they're going to say. I mean, they're saying that. Also, the EPA told us that we need this money because of this plan that's going to make Oklahoma City a better place, right? And, of course, they – right. And so I will have to challenge
5: them on to the – So where did you – where's the contract where you agreed to accept there, that speech there is no, to their plan? Right. right. There is no contract. It's, it's their broad. plan. And why should you pay for their plan? It's their plan let them pay for it? Okay. That sounds great.
1: Try it. And let us know what happens.
5: <laughs> okay. It was
1: escapeharassment
8: dot com.
5: That's one of the titles.
8: Okay. Thank you
5: very much, Dave. Strategy number one. You All got right. to use it repeti- repetitively and continuously. And the one time you fail, you fall for the trap, either the appearance trap or the acceptance trap, and a contractor rises thereby, and you will pay or go to jail for not paying. Your own agreed, consented to acceptance and contract that arises therefrom. By the very definition of a contract, offer acceptance of that offer, at which point a contract arises by law, by the acceptance, and the offer can no longer withdraw the offer. Once it is accepted, all parties are immediately held and bound to specific performance of the newly arisen contract.
1: Okay, next up we have uh, Central Florida. Go ahead, Central Florida.
8: Uh, thank you, Angela. I just wanted to pass along, and I hope I got the, the spelling correct, to find your corporate state, uh, Florida or California or wherever, located in Washington, D.C.
3: I think the website is S-S-O dot o r g. I just S-O heard it
1: tonight. Oh O R G?
3: Correct. And okay. that's where
8: they—that's where the states are administered, and that's where the Council of Governors are located,
1: and uh, Common Core and all that other good stuff. Just now, putting it in here, so Hall o- of the States, O-G. State Services Organization. That's it. State Services Organization, Technology Services, Office Support Services property management, conference services, who we are, state services organization, a 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to providing superior property management, blah, 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 okay,
4: Uh, they've got the seal of Iowa, What happened? Did Tuxu you cut you off? Did Talkshoe
10: talk cut Angela off? I don't know. Maybe it did. Do you hear me, a uh, uh, tax man?
5: I can hear you. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else can. Uh, Angela
10: may have got cut
5: off. Uh,
10: are you there, Angela? Yeah. Talks you cut him off. You, in other words, you, you must be talking about something some that, that's worth talking about because you probably cut them off, cut, 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 or cut cut program when people like you come on to talk.
5: Wouldn't surprise me.
10: And me neither. I'm not surprised. Well, my question was this, and maybe some people on the call they can go look too. Are you familiar with what's going on with this new currency? Are you for, First of all, you, you heard of Ron Paul, right? Oh yeah. Well, he ran away from them. He said he don't want to have, have nothing to do with the Congress no more.
5: You know that, right? Well, the Congress does not represent the people.
9: They wait, say they he, do. Wait, and that's... once
5: they get elected, the hell with the people. They just want the paycheck and they want to get reelected so they can continue to get the paycheck, but they could go to the fiddler's damn about the people. And that's exactly well, believe, what he
0: said. I believe the Congress you have right now is a legal court for the corporation.
10: Yeah, for the banks. Of- they work for the banks, too. So what a what, 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 what tax man is giving us is all you got to do is sit back and listen. Everything he said, I agree with it. And I think that a lot of people should go research what he said, and they'll realize through evidence that he's not just sitting here uh, yapping, that he's talking about something that can help everyone on this call and in his whole world, and his whole country,
0: as a matter of fact, because that's our main concern. Well, oh, I got a question for both of you. Kim, of you please define affidavit for me?
10: I'm
1: back, oh. in case you're wondering. I got knocked off again. Okay, go ahead.
8: i let
10: Constitution Man... I mean, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm Hi,
6: man.
10: Hi, Angela. How you doing? This is Haleem Mohammed. Uh, Hi. Sir, I'll let a uh, tax man ask that question.
5: An affidavit is a sworn statement of fact and it better be true or you're going to go to jail. If it isn't sworn under penalty of perjury with a notarized signature, it's worthless. Thank you.
10: And tell me something, tax man.
5: the no tax the I'm the uh, no why? tax man.
10: No tax man. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's me. I'm sorry. I've been, I've been hearing you for years, and I'm sorry for that other slip of words. I've been listening to you for years, and I, I know you know what you're talking about. Why do these liars put down declaration instead of putting an affidavit in. Every time I send affidavit at them, they, they send back something like a decoration. Whenever they whenever they sign their papers, their documents, when their motions go into the court, they put down declaration. They never put down affidavit.
5: Is it sworn under penalties of perjury? Mine's sworn if it's not sworn under penalties of perjury it's worthless under whichever title or any name they give to it. If it's not okay. sworn under penalties of perjury, who cares? It's nothing. It's just a declaration. That's all it is. That's what they do. Well, I declare.
10: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I declare anyway, i the Pope. Anyway, anyway my main <laughs> Does my, that make my, me my the Pope? Question, <laughs> huh? Pope, Pope, Pope. Anyway, my main question, Angela, it, it was something that you could expound upon as well. Uh, no tax man, I wanted you to expound upon it because I've been doing some research with the Brick Nation. You familiar with the Brick Nation and the new currency that China and Russia and those guys are putting together to try to freeze out our currency? It's, exactly, it's like a war. Ain't about ain't nothing about a, a cold another Cold War going on. But are you familiar with this Brick Nation? Yeah. I'm not. You're not, uh, Angela? No, I'm not. What I've
5: heard of, you it. You heard of well, it. Whatever the nope. money they decide is, if it bears interest, it's nothing anybody wants. If it's interest-bearing, it doesn't matter who the... Extortionists are. It's going to be another fiat worthless money. I'm surprised. No, no one has no
10: one has did any research on brick nation. Or what this is like a new nation. They're trying to phase out our currency. They're trying to say that because you know we owe China more than we owe anyone else, probably. But that's what they're saying, and that's what they, they they're coming to try to uh, uh, claim their debt. But they want to do it by opening up, cause they're buying all the gold. They're running across the world buying every piece of gold they can get and get their hands on. And this is something to do with China, and it's real important because people don't see what's coming. And it's probably hit. It's probably why this martial law might might kick in as a result of something like this. But it ain't good. Let's put it like that. And I don't mean to be a negative, but I need to. For me,
5: it's positive to know. For me, well, this country is about to be, to be, be invaded and attacked by its own government. The okay, I can, I can, I can lawyers' corporation government is about to attack the American people. Yeah. So you're going to have to more, just like that movie Red Dawn, only instead of right. some foreign country invading, it's going to be the United States government is invading the people of America using possibly foreign troops, whether they come across the border from Canada or whether they come across the border from Mexico there is no border, there's no wall, so they'll just okay. come across the same way the people do now.
10: They well, whether they the come, rather they come across the border or out the sky. They still coming from the coming market. Brit Britain, Britain gonna have something to do with it, and the rest of these 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 these, these people who who has done what they've been doing for years. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. In your state, uh, 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 no tax man, do you see a lot of military trucks? Coming, a military complex uh, uh, manifesting right before your very eyes.
5: Yeah, we see those uh, trucks, military trucks going past all the time because there's a National Guard uh, uh, armory right down the street, about a mile and a half. So they're always military trucks coming and going. Yeah, we see them a lot. I
10: see them. We, I see them in places I never saw them before, and I see them in yards. I see them stockpiling them in the yard. I'm saying, like, what are all these trucks doing here? So that, that speaks to what you're saying, basically. But what, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off, but I, I just wanted to hear about this brick. I want you to expound upon the BRICS nation, but if you haven't done any research on it, at least I put a word out here for people to do a research and put it, put it up on their computer. It's called the BRICS nation. You'll see it's Russia, it's China, and several others. I think it's West Africa. There's a lot, of, there, there, there's a lot going on with this BRICS nation. Hey, man, what's your name? What's your name? Oh, me? Me? Yeah. My yeah. name is Alim Mohammed.
0: Hey. um, Didn't uh didn't India just buy a bunch of gold as well uh, from the IMF? Yeah, they were the Brit Nation. They're part of the Brit Nation, too. I thought they were current. common law like the rest of us. Huh? I thought they were common law like the rest of the free world.
10: Mm, they might be on the face, but what they're doing is another story. They're hooking up with China. They're saying one thing and doing another, and China's trying to even go in Afghanistan, but they turned them down to Afghanistan, and they said they'll set in for the United States. This is some powerful things going on here in the world, and it's the division here in the world that's going on right before i very eyes. and that's why I asked you guys about the – let's look up the BRIC Nation, and then they'll lead you to your other research, and you'll be able to see that there's a nation. These are nations who are hooking up against
5: us. Well, until the American people sure, take back sure. the Constitutional Republic, they're going to be slaves to the lawyers' corporation under one title or another. Whether Can it's China or to... India or any other, any other nation, they're going to be slaves to the money renter cartel. Until Can we force be... the money renters to comply with the Constitution and coin the money and regulate the value thereof and not rent at interest from a private corporation, no matter what the name or the country that issues it may be. If it's bearing, okay, it's usury.
0: Can one of you guys uh, define the difference between a nation and a country?
4: Hmm.
3: Yeah, a nation is the people. The country is the land on which the people live.
4: Okay.
10: One way to look at it. And tell me why sometimes people would define a state.
5: Because they do not understand the distinction. They're not aware of what the difference between actual and pretend Maybe. be. Okay. All right. I thought, All right. the, nation,
0: I thought the nation gonna... was the people and the country was the uh, corporation. But that's why I was asking because I was a little confused.
1: It's another way of looking at it. It's a matter of interpretation. It's in the eye of the beholder, right? The legal definition you would look up in a legal dictionary,
0: right? Yeah, it's like a foreign language to me. I don't really understand it.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to close up shop here. It's 2.09. I mean, two hours and nine minutes into the call. We've gone nine minutes over. Is that... Uh, oh, you know what? I had to ask you one more question. Somebody sure. emailed me and wanted to know if there was a court case or laws... I, I think there's a court case that says, you know, whatever they determine in one state, you can use it in your state also? Is that... Um,
5: Right. Like, uh, amount of jurisdiction. Amount of jurisdiction, isn't it? No, it's a constitution. Right. The, the equal uh, uh Hold on, I'll get my copy of the constitution. Hang on a second.
1: But don't each state have its own constitution? Equal protection under the law. Yeah. Yeah, but there's um Okay, so that's just in the constitution. There's no court cases that set precedent saying that, you know, whatever goes in this state should also work or yeah, in another state. They should be more like uniform.
10: No, the a court cases that says that they can look at that state, but they don't have to go by that state. They can look to that state to be advisory. Constitution. I mean, no tax man can tell you better than me. He probably know for sure. But I'm probably if I read that in case law.
1: Yeah, I've seen something somewhere like It said something like that, but I
6: just...
1: uh, Every
5: state shall honor the judicial uh, uh, determinations of every other state.
6: Say that again?
5: When laws are passed in one state, all states have to acknowledge those official state court... Well, but that's not
1: true because... In some states, gay marriage is accepted, but it's not in some others. And in some right. states, marijuana is okay, but in Well, that's some the
5: corporation. States, uh, that's not the constitutional republic of the people. That's the c- corporation of the communist BAR lawyer clubs, corporations.
1: Yeah. That's the
5: distinction between the constitutional republic and the administration by code. Nobody ever gets charged with violating a law. You know, these TV shows, cop shows, they always say (laughs) you have the right to remain silent and anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. But they never charge anybody with violating a law. Never. Nobody in any jail today is there having been accused of violating a law.
1: Is it really a court of law?
5: It's a court of code, which is contract behavior code. If there is no contract, no Behavior code can attach, but people so no, do not study so the no, distinctions. Cause probably
10: because you have no tax man, but therefore this no non, non this negoti- negoti- negotiable 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 instrument law and in UCC, it's actually the most relevant, most important law to them.
5: Am I correct? Unless you're in Canada, in which case the same laws titled the PPSA, the Private Property Security Act, is not called the Uniform Commercial Code in Canada. All right, right. Okay. Okay.
0: It's, it's the same as the PPSA, though. They they reflect each other. Yeah.
3: All
0: right, but
4: gentlemen.
10: But they don't want it. <laughs> they, I'm sorry, Angela. They, 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 my experience with them... It's when you get them in a, in a hole, when you get them in a corner with which, 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 either, the, either, either the Negotiable Instrument Law or the UCC, they figure out a way out of there. They they up their guns. My bottom line is this. When you do that, when you got them caught, and all, the, all, all the laws is in your favor, and I've been in too many courts to know this, now they put their guns up. They say, okay, we know you're right. But I see them change courtroom right in front of my right in front of me. I see them take the people out. Two ladies, was, they just couldn't help but the face was ruling my favor and they was typing it down. They took these court reporters out of the room. There's two ladies. Now remember, remember what I said it was two ladies. They said we gonna have a recess, and I came back. There were all men there. It's in federal court. They're they're very devious. That's all I'm saying. You get them in the in in the very The very law that they write. And if you don't, if you have to have backup. You need some support there. And I, your court reporter there say, you know, you, they tell me in the federal court, I can't even bring a, a court reporter in there, so I'm, that's, that's not the question. But you need to have witnesses. And, and right now, uh, uh, on paper, what is going on to to really steer them off? Other than that, they're going they'll do anything to, to 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 blindside you. It is that evil in, in in these courtrooms today. So what do you do? I mean, I hear what you're saying. No tax man.
5: Right right, Right here in the Constitution, Article 3, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court. It says right here the court only has jurisdiction over cases and controversies. Well, the definition of a case is a controversy. So there has to be either a contract or other written agreement over which there's a dispute or disagreement in order for a... <clears throat> controversy controversy or a case controversy to arise if there is no written contract there's nothing over which there can be a dispute or disagreement
0: hey just let you guys know Angie got knocked off again
10: okay. so we're alright so we're on a contract law the bottom line we're
5: still on a contract law am I right that's why it's the uniform commerce commercial code that means written documents not yeah. trade. There's no written documents for the actual trade, and barter is even trade, like for like. Like for like.
6: Even That's the difference trade.
5: between commerce is a written agreement, a promise to pay later. <laughs> Federal Reserve note is commerce. Gold or silver coin is common law. But we have nothing
10: to back up our our currency now.
5: The point is if there's no contract, there can be no controversy or case controversy over which the court could have jurisdiction. Demand to see the contract where you agreed with your authorized signature based on them having provided you the full disclosure, and they cannot do it because they never give you full disclosure. If they were they to provide you full disclosure, nobody would ever sign anything because they would know better because of the full disclosure. So they never, never, never fully disclose. So they're going they, they to never be an authorized do signature.
0: Don't they pretend to give you a full disclosure, David?
5: They trick people into thinking so. People are easily misled. The Bible says yeah. my people perish for lack of knowledge. I didn't it read sure the Bible. But it sure It sure true. does.
10: Sure does say that. But hey, 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 hey uh, no tax man. When you got them in a the corner, what is the best way to hem them up? Once you know all this law, we know the law. We know, in your opinion, what is the best approach to keep them on point by bringing witnesses or by having a, a court reporter there or just by video? The best way would be a video, in my opinion. But I'm saying, what do you think
5: is the best way to prevent them from just we, overlooking we whatever you're doing? Now, Howard Griswold's students, and what Howard teaches is to stay out of their private club meetings, which pass for courts. Mm-hmm. Because the courts mm-hmm. can only adjudicate cases and controversies, and if there is no written contract over which there's a dispute or a disagreement, there can be no controversy over a non-existent. Right. If it doesn't so exist, be a disagreement over the non-existent. Like so you said demand, earlier, don't go in their courtroom. Demand to see the contract bearing your authorized signature, and if they produce some document or some paper and claim that's your authorized signature, say, that is not my authorized signature. And just one like Kobe Bryant won his case by saying nothing other than that is not my authorized signature. That is not my authorized Signature. That is not my authorized signature. That's all he said, and he continued to repeat that to every single question. And they finally threw up their hands and discussed, because they could not trick him into saying anything other than, that is not my authorized signature, and they did not want to get into, if it's not an authorized signature, it might be an unauthorized. They knew better than to get into that trap, so they dropped the charges. Well, the key word is authorized. Look up the definition of authorized. If they did not give you the full disclosure, how could you possibly have had enough information or knowledge to form an intention, intent to authorize it? You never had the ability to authorize it or enter a plea.
3: So what if they, what if
5: they
0: say they gave that? What if they fill out as a, uh, they sworn under penalty
5: of perjury, notarized signature. What if
0: they do an affidavit says they gave you uh, full disclosure, then what?
5: They never will sign under penalty of perjury with a notarized signature, anything. And they cannot get inside your mind. Nobody can get inside your brains and your mind other than God. Are they going to subpoena God onto the witness stand? You're right. Tech, so if man. you put in a sworn affidavit no. with notarized signature, they none of I mean, those no. lily-livered weasels have enough guts to sign under penalty perjury notary signature I've, to defeat had, your affidavit. They're not gonna do it. I've
0: had first hand experience where I've watched an officer of of whatever, a corporation, a crown, uh uh whatever, uh swear in and lie to his teeth.
5: Exactly why we say stay out of their courts. Implement strategy number one and you never will have to go into the court if you if they ignore the law and ignore due process and continue on after having had strategy number one implemented, then you resort to strategy number two. If they again ignore the law and do process, or they continue to ignore the law and due process, that's when you can use Howard Griswold's strategy number three, which is the demands, the six demands and disclaimers, which they cannot answer. Once you enter those demands and disclaimers, they want to close the case and get out of there. They do not want to have anything more to do with you because they cannot answer those demands and they cannot comply with those disclosures.
0: Once okay, you- David, I, I also have another question for you I think is really important because people have asked me this. Now, say say uh, IRS or whatever comes after you, and they're saying, hey, you owe this money, and you say, hey, you know, whatever, what money or whatever, and they say, if you wish to petition this, just uh, fill out this petition form. Now, would you? You know, that's, that's falling into decision? the. Uh,
5: you're committing appearance. If you go to the website and study those definitions of appearance, you'll see that by answering that, you're doing something that's beneficial or detrimental to yourself, and you're falling for the appearance trap. You're entering and how is the
9: it,
5: how is it The way to discontinue being uh, tricked into voluntary compliance is to implement strategy number one. That no, but has.
0: I'm just asking. What if I say, or if they say, "Hey, if uh, you don't agree with this, you know, sign this petition form," and I do it. What am I actually doing to myself when I sign one of their petition forms? You're making
5: an appearance in the case as a party to the case.
0: As a party, or do I become the plaintiff in that case? No, because I put this. And Revenue Service before. is trying to
5: trick you into an agreement called a contract. If All right. You, if you do those things. You're making appearance in the case the contract is presumed to exist. So if you use ah. strategies, Howard's strategy number one, there is no agreement for you to lie and fraudulently misrepresent that you are a fictitious defendant when you're not. You're a live, natural, male people. You're an actual people, not a corporate fiction, or capital letter-name person with a government property ID number, a.k.a. a socialist slave or AKA Social Security number, Congress does not issue those numbers to actual people. Congress only issues those numbers to quote, Congress's creations, which are all capital letter named
0: fictions. So let me see if I got this right. If they sent me a thing saying, "Hey, if you don't agree with this, you sign this form," it'll petition. ignore that
5: and implement strategy number one.
0: Anything you I, do, you're I falling for
5: their trap. I'm
0: just... Right, and I, I want to get to the trap part to understand well, the trap. stay part. out of court
5: and don't do not fall for the no. trap. We teach how to stay out of court, and the best way is not to fall for the trap and activate strategy number one. And it's worked for me ever since nineteen seventy-two.
3: Okay. Right,
5: forty some years, I have not had any right. contact uh, with Internal Revenue. Does not bother sending me anything anymore. Okay, because I was costing them money.
0: Right.
1: Okay, hey, Alan.
5: Uh, we have cursing. to move
1: on.
0: Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you. Okay, next up is Illinois, and that you're the last one. We have to get going here.
9: Hello, Go ahead, Illinois. Call. I'm sorry. Hello, Angela, everybody on the call. I just wanted Hi. to make a statement about the man uh, from Oklahoma City. He told a story uh, refuting. Uh, uh, was, I, I believe it was a sewer tax, uh, an EPA tax, or something. With his right. I don't, is that correct yes, uh, one option he might want to consider is accepting the fee, the tax, and uh sending back a letter saying he agrees with it under the condition that um as far as what they determine is sewage, he defines as um fertilizer there's a lot of there's a lot of uh people that use human waste as fertilizer uh the Amish for example. So he can define his as fertilizer and say, now, I haven't been paid for my fertilizer. You've been taking my fertilizer for nothing, and I've never been compensated. And send them a nice whopping bill in return. Say, I agree to pay your fee. Uh, Here's my fee in return. Have a nice day, right? (laughs) What do you think about that idea?
1: Well, if that wasn't in the contract to begin with, I see it's the same thing as, uh, you know, them saying, you know, well, you owe us an EPA tax. They you know, there was there no no none of the parties agreed to it. I mean, he shouldn't be charged the EPA tax if he didn't you know sign on for it to begin with, right?
9: Yeah, you know, they're gonna create a controversy. Uh they they want a controversy, so it seems the more you, you buy into it, uh the sure. more trouble you bring uh, upon yourself. Let's well, say the the number anyway. one of which
5: That's what the strategy, number one, avoids. There is no controversy. There is no contract. There is no agreement for you to fraudulently misrepresent that you are the fictitious defendant. And you do not go into their private club meetings called court because there's no agreement for you to.
9: Why go and lie
5: and fraudulently misrepresent that you're a fiction?
9: So the man does have options, uh, you know, if he looks into them. And another thing, talking about the currencies – um, we all know they're fiat currencies backed by nothing. Um, these corporate entities, they do what they want with the currencies, and they'll continue to do what they want. So uh, rather than uh, uh, buying it their system, uh, we just uh, take take the currency that we have, what we work for, and convert it into something tangible that has value that we can use in our daily lives. Um, a great analogy that I heard, as far as getting a good idea of the value of what what the currencies are, take the U.S. dollar for example. Um, we know the dollar is exported throughout the world. It's the U.S. dollar was, and maybe, I don't know if it still is considered the number one currency in the world. And it's it's forced upon other nations by the the powers that be, the ones that are controlling everything. So that's kind of why we're not really feeling the full inflation effect um on our on our dollar because it's it's exported throughout the world. But um not, analogy, for, long. Me?
5: not for long.
9: Right. But the analogy that I heard that you really want to get a true value of what the currency is worth, look at it in terms of a fraction. And you you, you take the US dollar for example and if you can go back at any point in history, let's go back to uh when Reagan was president. When he left the presidency, let's say the national debt that he left that they uh admitted to was seven hundred and fifty billion dollars. Okay, so you take a dollar over seven hundred and fifty billion. That's your fraction. Fast forward to today or when Obama leaves office, they said uh the national debt will be around twenty two to twenty four trillion. So you can take the same dollar and fractionalize it over twenty two trillion and you see what it's really worth.
5: But that national debt is not the people's debt, it's their fictitious nation corporation's debt, so they
9: should pay it. I understand that. In saying that I'll say this. Um they own nothing and we own nothing. Our Creator owns everything. He created everything, so we're it, it's all a, we're fooling ourselves here.
5: Well, the Pope claims that uh, the Vatican owns everything on the face of the world.
9: I I believe the the best thing we can do is just try and find peace in our lives, and you know if you can feed your family and and uh, get through your day as healthy as you can, and and, and and have have a little peace in your in your heart and in your minds and a little friendship in your life. That's all we have. I mean, we're just we're just visiting this place. That's all. That's my opinion, anyways. And everybody have a good night.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dave, for for coming on. It was uh, wonderful. It's a good call. I think everybody enjoyed it. So uh, thank you again. Um,